right, what's going on, guys? We are back with a, another episode of the Pokey Talk podcast. We got some juicy stuff for you this time. It's been a juicy week. Yes, it has. We're about to throw some hands for some Van Gogh promos. Yeah, that is uh, kind of the news that's hard to avoid this week. Um, or I guess the end of last week, rather. But uh, yeah, still seeing some implications from that. We have some big PSA orders that we sent out that we are going to talk mm-hmm. about. And yeah, just going to be a little chill episode. We mentioned last time we might just try casual conversation episodes. This very well might be one of those. So not sure how long we'll be going for, but glad to have you guys. But uh, yeah. What do you think of those Van Gogh promos? Well, I obviously love them, um, but, you know, actually, I'll, I'll say this. I think it's great that a lot of the merch that's surrounding it, the Starry Night wasn't even included. And with the idea of being able to expand the attention and the notoriety for folks that might not know, be familiar with Van Gogh's work, I think it was great that they chose pretty much every other key piece of work he's had over Starry Night. Although I have to say it was disappointing. We were all wanting that promo, right? Come on, you know? Yeah. We were all wanting it. Um, you know, it, it didn't even it didn't even have to have been Umbreon. It could have been like something else. But anyways, I think the promo itself was great because it is one of Van Gogh's most iconic self-portraits. And I think that part was great. I think the way that they distributed it was going to go down as an all-time historic disaster for a Pokemon promo being release. Yeah, it's going to it's going to go down as a bad one. It it was just uh crazy, but as far as the products themselves, they had all kinds of things. They had little mm-hmm. journals, books. They had like little prints, which I kind of want. It's like a yeah, piece. I wanted those too. Yeah, the plush I wanted. Um, here, let's see. Some of the play mats were awesome too, though. Yeah, like the play mats. You can always use a play mat as like a like a, a mouse piece or something. But uh, yeah, there are several stuff that would have been great to have. Mm. Yeah, overall, it was a really solid launch and uh, a launch of products. Well, it wasn't like a. The actual launch itself was pretty disastrous, which we'll get yeah. into. But yeah, it was a very good collab, rather. I should just say that. Yeah. Um, lots of lots of cool things. I was kind of bummed that the promo was in English, um, but it is about time we get a nice English promo. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it was cool to see that. But we'll uh, we'll talk about the disaster and like what all happened um, a little bit later after some other news. But uh, I guess we should talk about our little PSA order first as Absolutely. far as the uh, the main thing. That's exciting. Got yeah, a, I think you got the meat of the order, so I think you should go first. Yeah, we, uh, we got a few orders here. Um, let me pull up on my PSA account here. Our main order is a value bulk. Um, 1980 to present. So I 
threw in the uh, Jordan Walker card on there. I think yeah. it should be able to go through. Um, they will let me know, I'm sure, if something comes up. But, uh, yeah, we uh, sent off quite a few cards there, about 28 cards in that order. We had some Ancient Muse in there. We had a bunch of... Uh, I sent out pretty much all of my first edition hollows. So I think I've mentioned before, like the declared value on these things, I think has to be 500 or less, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty much all, or maybe it was 1500 or less. Or no, I think it is 500 or less. So pretty much the only card that came close that had a Venusaur Hollow first edition. It's probably PSA 5, PSA 6. So I kind of fudged that one in there. Um, a Mewtwo Hollow first edition. I kind of fudged that one in there. So we'll see what they say. Might get upcharged for some. Might get a different service level for that um, Jordan Walker. So we'll just have to see what they say about that. But uh, yeah, pretty much every first edition Hollow, aside from Charizard and Blastoise, I threw in to this submission. So really excited to see what those grade. Um, pretty much anywhere from a five to a seven is what I'm expecting for all those. So it's not going to be too much. Um, threw a couple gold stars in there. I had the Entei Reiku Suicune and the Alakazam and Celebi because they had some like a little damage on those. Um, they're going to be some of the lower grades of my gold stars. So I just went ahead and threw those in there too. Um, so yeah, that is our shared order. Um, I made three more orders that I shipped all in the same box. <laughs> so I sent off my first edition Charizard, which I don't know if, uh, I told you that or not. No. It is going to get recased in the new PSA slab. And they're going to scan it for the online, like, photo log. So pretty much anything after like the 6 million cert, I think, that you have a nice picture of the actual card of the specific cert number. And my Charizard never had that because it's like a 2 million cert. It was graded way back in the day. Um, so yeah, it's getting a new slab and a nice scan on the website. So just something I always wanted to do. Not really for the picture, but just because of the older slab. I just wanted to have, like, an updated slab because those old ones, I don't really care for the look of them and the eye appeal is just not, not there for the, like it is for the new ones. Other than that, though, I had a four-card submission. Um, What level was this? This was Value. So that means the declared value of the cards was, I think, 1500 or lower. Um, or maybe, maybe that was a 500 again. This is, this is essentially for the signed cards we had. We had some, um, Veronica Taylor. I had a Sarah Nano Cheney, and then you had a Sean Schimmel. Signature. Sean Schimmel. Sean Schimmel, yeah. Schimmel. Schimmel. <laughs> so, yeah, we had four cards there that we needed to get authenticated. Yeah, and I gonna, was going to get the tailored one graded, but probably not. 
Yeah. You know, and just the autos are, and I think those two would be good just for the collection. Um, and what I might do if she's going to be there again, I might get another one to get signed, but with the intention of like flipping it. Yeah. So, and the Sean Chimmel, I'm going to get like five things signed next time I go there probably. (laughs) Yeah. It would be good to have his, I kind of wish I would have gotten it, but I want a better card. I want. I, I didn't know much. I just got one of the old school Dragon Ball Z card game cards. I want one of the newer ones. Yeah, I think I would like the older ones, like you got. Like the older ones, though, are starting to face get reach a pretty penny too, and which sucks because I know I used to have a bunch of those, and I'm pretty sure I just threw them away. Yeah, I had like, some too, but I don't even remember what I did with mine. I bought a bunch because that's when I was like peak Dragon Ball Z when that card came out. I had a bunch of foil cards. I had, I even had the Super Saiyan one. Um, I think that one's. I, I want to look at what the cost of that that one is. I bet that's decent. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and do it. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool to see, and yeah, he uh, his signature. I ended up like only grading my Pokemon signatures and for the other signatures I just threw them in my signature binder. So the uh you know, Eric Stewart and Dan Green for Yugi and Kaiba, I just ended up throwing those in my signature binder. I don't know if I'll ever get those graded because it was just mostly a sentimental piece just for me to have. Um so that's kind of why I'm like looking at the signatures in that way. It's like I don't wanna start collecting all these signatures of like Dragon Ball Z or something that I'm not even into, you know, otherwise. So well, that's kind of my thought with that. But. Well, that card that I had was sold for 700 bucks just to release release go. It's almost as bad as it's almost as bad as actually throwing away a bunch of Ozzy Smith rookie cards now. Oh my God. What was the grade on that one that sold though? Raw. 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 Yep. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yep. It is what it is. You got to just keep on going on. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Uh, we did have some other orders. Um, I sent out a two-card order. This is my biggest one, but I had to do this as Express. Um which is 2500 or below declared value, I believe. Um, sent out my Mewtwo Gold Star and my Charizard Gold Star. They were in pretty good condition. So I uh, went ahead and sent that out. And, uh, yeah, excited to get those back. That Mewtwo could be, like, they pretty much both could be PSA 9. But the problem with the Charizard, I think I mentioned before, there's like a... Uh, I don't know. It's like a weird dot. It's like an ink dot on the back. So I don't know what they're going to do with that. So we'll have to see. But Yeah. Then there was one more that I didn't send out this time, but it's going to be going out in the next few weeks. Um, probably by the time you hear this, it's going to be at PSA, honestly. So probably this week. Um it's a it's a big submission. It's pretty much the rest of my gold stars. And those I had to send out at the higher tier than our order, so it's pretty pricey. It's like sixteen hundred bucks to grade twenty one items. 
But uh, yeah, that's pretty much my first edition Blastoise Hollow and then every other Gold Star, which includes the Rayquaza and all those. Um, my Rayquaza isn't the best condition, but I I snuck it in there. Got an Umbreon and Espeon Gold Star that's in there. So yeah, that, that sub should be pretty insane. And we all know what's going to be the most insane sub, though. <laughs> PSA one. Yeah, uh, one of the things I, I every year at the Comic Con or just overall, I've been buying a handful of Ancient Muse just because I love that car and I love just buying a few and always. I always keep one of the of the few sealed. Depends, it's I, I, like the amount that I buy. I always keep like one or two sealed just to have them sealed. But I've been kind of floating the idea for a while now, like over a year, to have a PSA one to ten set. Because I already have a, I sold both my nines, um, but I have an eight, a six. I think I can get a nine, maybe a seven or lower, because that one had had a print line or something on it, and then like a PSA one. Like I pur- purposely damaged an ancient Mew card. Um, yeah, so I basically just you know unpacked it, squeeze it in my hand, obviously. And just kind of crumple it, throw it a little bit, hit a wall, uh, flatten it out, kind of took a pair of scissors and scratched the surface, then in one deep gash down the center. <laughs> and then at each corner, I bent each corner. So we'll see. I, I think it has a strong chance. <laughs> and uh, and actually, a PSA 1, like Ancient Muse, like 100 bucks. I figured there'd be some premium because of PSA one collectors, but I wasn't expecting that much. I was expecting like 60 or something. Well, my only thing with those is like, I don't know exactly what goes into getting the one. Yeah. But it's like, do they like, I feel like they just give twos out of spite because they know people do that. They're trying to get a one. So I don't know if they just do that out of spite sometimes or, like what the situation is or if they can tell like when someone's damaged it themselves versus like actual car damage, which is probably what they can tell with mine. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, if it gets a two or, I mean, I do need a one to five, you know, and what I would do to try to get a four or five, or five I'd probably just put it in my pocket or my wallet and just walk around with it for like, a week <laughs> yeah. and that would look more authentic wear and tear or just put it like yeah put it in a sleeve with some specks of sand in there something yeah or something like that so something yeah and then have like a three ring binder indent yeah you know just i you know i'll probably do one more order after that i'll probably have to buy them like the 10 i'll probably have to buy outright is kind of what i assume yeah, because it's too. I at this point, you know, I've done probably about a dozen plus that I've looked through, and not one has been a ten. So I mean, at this point, it would have been cheaper almost just to buy the ten. So that's yeah. what I'll end up doing whenever I get a certain amount graded. Like I'll probably try once or twice more than ones I buy, and I'll do one more order to try to get like a four or five, maybe a seven, you know, like a two or you know, like, and then I'll sell the other ones and then I'll just buy the 10 that's kind of, that's kind of what I think I'll probably do 
Yeah, you'd have to just buy like a bunch of them and just send like a little group out and then see what you get and then just end up buying the ones that you don't get. Exactly. And eventually I'm going to move on to um, other variants of the ancient Mew. I would really like to have like the 2016 one. Um, I mean, you know, there's, I think there's one more. Oh yeah, the, the, the Nintendo Air variant. Yeah. Nintendo. So, yeah, so I, I wouldn't mind having all of those, um, but I would want to go for a 10 for those. And I know those are like, you know, a little pricey, but it'd be pretty cool to have like an epic collection of like every single one and the, one to 10. And I think that's cool with the ancient movie having one to 10. I know it's kind of strange, but I feel like it's almost symbolic of, you know, what do we do when we got that card at the movies? We put it in our pocket. Right. And I, I feel like there's just something symbolic. Like, you know, some people could have had a 10 still, you know, one, like everybody probably got a different PS or would have got a PSA grade based on their condition after they put it in their pocket, they put it in a binder, they showed it off, they touched it. They're like, cool, look at this. I just, I just really like the idea of having a PSA one to 10 set of that card. And it'll probably be the only card I ever do that with. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be cool to see. I had a ten of the twentieth anniversary uh, Japanese one where it had mm-hmm. the Sparkle Hollow when we did yep. our last sub, but ended up selling that. How much did you sell that one for? Oh shoot, I don't remember. I feel like I'd have last, to see. I feel like last I checked, that went through, weren't they like around fifteen hundred or something like that? No, it was less than that. <sighs> Which one was fifteen hundred? Was it was a Nintendo can... Air variant? Uh, Nintendo, yeah. Yeah. There's a couple, couple variants there. Let me see what I had sold here, but yeah. Either way, I'm excited to uh, get those things back, especially the gold stars. So basically, that goes to show the old Lorcana money. That's what I am using it for is to grade all those cards and uh Damn, people grading the damn card that thing. What's that? People are grading the ancient Mew card. And somebody bought a PSA ten one for hundred and thirty dollars. You know the little ancient Mew description on the back that came with oh, the promo? Yeah. People are buying that. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. But yeah, essentially, when we get all these cards back, I'm gonna have a complete graded first edition set and a complete graded gold star set. So it's really gonna be a matter of what I want to keep, or do I want to sell it all? And estimated value on like everything is probably like thirty to forty k, which is nuts. But that's a decision for the future. It is. That's quite a bit of money. <laughs> Especially, are you, are you, are you, I didn't think you would sell everything, though. I guess you're just going to sell what grade's good, buy things back raw for certain cars, like the Gold Stars. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, I want the whole set. Yeah. But if I sell one, I know I'm going to get the itch to sell pretty much everything except the ones that are, like, the most sentimental. So I I have I even sent out some of the first editions like the starters that were in better condition, but 
so now I have like a mostly like 90% complete base set, all first edition. So I could see myself detaching from that unless I just throw them in a binder and start just collecting extra base set cards I find. But I think I'll, I'll probably just get rid of that. Um, for the first editions, I really don't care about having them all. If I did, like, I would maybe just sell them all and even my Charizard that I have now and maybe buy, like, a PSA 9 Zard. Um, so, you know, like I do, consolidate my collection even further. Put all that, all those first edition money plus some gold star money into one card. Um, but, yeah, if I start selling those gold stars, it's going to be interesting because... I have the whole set, and, like, there's only a handful that are really sentimental to me, but a lot of those cards I've had a really long time. So I think I bought my last Gold Star in, like, 2017. So ever since 2017, I've had the whole set, but a lot of those go way back. So, like that Zard, for example, I'll probably have to keep that one. Got that for 25 bucks. So don't know what... Yeah. <laughs> Got two of them for twenty five bucks. Immediately sold one to get my money back. <laughs> yeah. So that Zard and that Mewtwo, that that's an express level, so it's only a five day turnaround. So I actually um it's crazy. Like I sent them out Monday. PSA got the cards Wednesday of last week. And they're already like, like they'll be, they'll probably be on their way back to me this week. Um, they've already sent me like a, your orders processing and the Charizard that's getting recased is already in assembly. The Mewtwo and the Charizard Gold Star, they're already um, in the grading phase. So they really do uh, pump those out pretty quick now for the express level. But. But yeah, that's pretty much our grading story. Um, I did, I want to mention about the sports world. I don't know if you remember last time uh, we mentioned how Tops pretty much has a, did a big oopsie in the sports card world where people mm -hmm. were finding refractors that were supposed to be one of one in 2023. I think it was Tops Bowman Chrome. Um, that you're basically finding one of ones in multiple situations. Like essentially there was one pulled on live stream by like a big breaker. And then another one of one of the exact same card pulled on another stream. So it led this uh, industry, a, a big, uh, uh Oh, what's going on here type thing. And uh, yeah, it's essentially raised a lot of questions I do want to give an update, though. Tops did come out with a statement this week about how they said they messed up and it was an acknowledged oopsie. <laughs> but apparently they acknowledge that they have created duplicates of 95 one-of-one super refractors. Mm. So did they release which ones? I don't think they said which ones yet. There may have been an update. I wouldn't be surprised if they did come out and say, um, because they said if you do have 
the one of one, they would buy it back from you. So if like the you, actual graded price? I think or so. Or decorated, but interesting. So yeah, if two people have a one of one, like how does that work? Like the first person to send it in gets the money? Or how does that work, you know? Are they going to take, if they get both copies in, are they going to grade one and just throw it I would, at a card show? Or they might just destroy it or destroy both and yeah. then forget it never happened. I don't know. But then there's like none of that card. So it's a weird situation, but they're paying out anywhere from 3000 up to like, I want to say 75000 Holy shit. Yeah, so they are paying up based on the player, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, it's very interesting to see. It might be more than that. I want to say it was either seventy-five or like a hundred and fifty. But yeah, based on all that, it's uh, it's just kind of wild that that's uh, that that even needs to be a thing. But yep, they're gonna they're gonna pay you for them pools. It's just a very weird situation, though. Like, you know, like I said, what if both get sent in? Like, what what happens then? But, I mean, I can't imagine this person. I imagine they'll still buy it back. Yeah. And then, if, you know, if both people don't send it in, then or I wonder how long that, that would be good for. Like, that bounty, if you will, yeah. on those. Um, Is that going to be good for 10 years? <laughs> Who knows? It's strange. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the update on that. Um, but, yeah, I guess that's all I really had to talk about mm-hmm. aside from getting back into the uh, the Van Gogh situation. Yeah, I, would say, I think we covered everything pretty well. Um, the big thing, obviously, in the hobby, the last rotation, is the Van Gogh promos. Yeah. And... The well, you like not, not even the promos, but like the merch that went with it. And honestly, like the merch was awesome, and it, it was one of the better promos, yeah. Um, I've seen not just like the card promo, but like you said, they I mean, they had mugs, they had card sleeves, they had pretty much everything they've ever used for <laughs> other promos and more. So it was pretty cool. But we've even mentioned, like, if you look at the museum website, all the other past collabs that the museum has done, they've always done, like, journals and stuff. So, yeah, they they really went all out with this one. But I'm sure everybody has seen the uh, the crazy video of everyone fighting over the merch at the museum itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the canvas art would have been great to have on my wall, but, you know, everybody buying 10 items to get all those promos. Yeah. But, yeah, and then these ones, these people, like, I, I mean, we've all seen kind of videos from the 90s where it's like a Tickle Me Elmo or, like, maybe, like, Microsoft 95 when that came out, um, N64. You know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of, situations where people were acting like absolute complete fools because of the money surrounding it. And this is one of those cases. And we mentioned before about, you know, FOMO, the presence of social media, 
And I mean, people are looking at the prices at what these were going for first to market for 500. I think I even saw one at like a grand and people, I guess, lost the ability to critically think or read information um, that has been released. And the moment it was re released that this thing would be available till January 7th and it was going to be available. Like this was also a couple days before the actual release. And it was going to be uh, available through Pokemon Center Online. I think people should have immediately assessed that this was going to be a large print quantity card. At minimum, at minimum, equaled that to the stamp promos, which was eighty thousand. Mm -hmm. So that that's your peak right there on prices. Well, that was at minimum. <laughs> you know, potentially it could have been upwards of special delivery Charizard levels. And we're finding out real fast that, that it's going to be closer and perhaps even beyond that. Oh, yeah. I'm getting big-time special delivery Charizard vibes. Apparently, people at the museum were saying some people there, which, you know, this is all he said, she said, but... Yeah. 100,000 copies is what we were expecting. Um... But there was other reports that there was like 6,000 to anywhere from 3,000 to 6,000 per day at the museum. So I don't know if some workers have told people that. Um, but yeah, we essentially need to look at the, uh, the breakdown of how they are handing them out. So this was like a day before, I think it was, they released on like, I think just a news post how to get these cards. And you originally were supposed to get a pamphlet and do almost like a little mini scavenger hunt around the museum. Yeah. Yep. So that it's just like a a really cool like way to hand out the promo, you know, how they intended. Um so yeah, essentially you got this little pamphlet, you got to go around they have the original artworks in the museum, and uh, it was really cool setup. They had descriptions and like long paragraphs on the wall, you know, describing the art and all that. But uh, yeah, it's a very it was a very cool setup. And then apparently they had the merch on a table in a centralized location. Um, to me, it looked like it was just kind of a small table with some of the essentials. It had like postcards, the prints, and a couple other items on there. I never really got to see where the plushies and stuff were, how those were set up. But either way, that video that went around, you just saw like a madhouse, just people grabbing everything they could. I did have some people on my social media who were there, and they said that they were there early and it wasn't that crazy when they were there. So it seems like this was towards the end of the day or more and more people showed up and realized like once they saw these things on eBay, people started to swarm and grab more of them. It just kind of seems like that type of situation. So I'm sure news got around pretty quick. People started freaking out. It's kind of like what happened to the uh, D23 Lorcana promos. Like, People quickly saw the uh, hype and quickly hopped in line and didn't even care about the product. They just wanted to get some product. To I mean, you're, lo 
you're looking at 500 bucks is what they were just before it was released. Yeah. That's I think that those and then there was one some fool. 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 I mean, absolute fool paid 850 bucks, 900 dollars to have it shipped from the UK overall. And my god. What is wrong with people? Why are people like have it people learn? We are three years post pandemic. Hi. What? I, I I just can't rationalize. Like I mean, people that have that much money and don't even think, how do they have that money? Like they can't be successful with I mean it's gotta be inherited. All trust fund babies or some shit. I don't know. But that much, like people that just throw it in the whim, either they're incredible up to their ass, or I mean, the financial literacy there is just absolutely astounding, especially the knowledge within this hobby. Yeah, my my biggest thing is, you know, I saw a lot of that, and obviously, like the majority of people aren't as knowledgeable as us because we are in the depths of it, like we said many times. But yeah, it's just so ridiculous at this point. Um, it's hard to explain why we think that way, but it is ultimately kind of like a no brainer that this product was going to be pretty well available. Yeah. I mean, anything was possible up until special delivery Charizard. I feel like after special delivery Charizard and that situation, mm-hmm. it really showed you like Pokemon isn't going to release something like this unless there is just tons of it or enough to go around um this is a rare case where there was not enough to go around but even with that they've already released a statement that they will be getting and reprinting and handing out more of these essentially um they put a post i think it was on their twitter and then it went around on their instagram they said you know Pretty much anybody who bought a product is going to get a promo, and simply those products sold out. So it was a no-brainer. Like People were going to buy all those items if you got the promo because it just makes sense to sell the promo and essentially get the item for free. So even if you didn't care for the items you got, like you could get free items. This was the exact same case for the Special Livery Pikachu. Um, special livery Charizard was different since they did like a little lottery system. Um, so that was kind of weird. A lot of people did not get selected because that was botted out like crazy. Yes, it was. It was all bots. Apparently only bots got selected and no actual real people. (laughs) Actually, no, I think my friend got one. No, I remember I did have a friend that got one and yeah, we never got selected and I have it. I ended up getting it for like 40 bucks or something like that. Which is pretty much still the going rate. Or no, we, we ended up buying something, wasn't it? No. I don't remember how I got it. But I never got the promo, I don't think. Oh, I, I ended up buying a promo. Is I bought the 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 promo code is what I, I did. I so I, it cost me like 30 bucks to actually get it. Yeah, it was... Uh, I think I bought... I just bought mine outright once I came down. But yeah... The, the, with the special livery Pikachu, though, everybody, like, pretty much was able to get one. It was really before the insane hype. Um, but, yeah, it went to show, like, people could just buy whatever they wanted and get it for free because they could sell the promo. So, 
It's exactly what happened with this. I don't know why they didn't think about that, especially with the market now and then this being Van Gogh. People were thinking this was going to be another, like, a monk situation with the scream. And, uh... That's what people, because it was immediately being compared to you on Pokey Beach and everybody like, oh, another art promo, you know, and maybe some of the ponchos even. And Pokemon is never going to be doing these exclusive cards unless you're playing competitively ever again. Yeah. Ever. I think I thought the Pokey Stamp promos were more exclusive than I thought that they were going to be. Yeah, and like. Pokemon hates this stuff. Even at Worlds, there was a big situation with the skateboards, which we mentioned, like, there was exclusive Bear Walker skateboards that were Worlds only, and things were so crazy then that they had to stop selling them, put them behind the counter, and then they just, like, refused to sell the rest of them. And I know someone was, like, arrested, and Pokemon just, like, hates this. I'm sorry, I thought this was America! (laughs) But you're in Japan. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's just so, like, Pokemon just absolutely hates this stuff. And I was really surprised that they even did this promo, but they probably thought that they had enough and that they were going to be okay. But, of course, they tied it to the products themselves, and, of course, everyone... Clearing out that inventory. Yep. It well, is it is ingenious on their their end. You, they can just make a promo and just clear out their inventory for winter. Because you know, not everybody bought. Yes, people did buy a lot, but people you had a lot of eyes on their site, right? A lot of eyes on their site in the days before. Guarantee they sold out of a lot of crap. Now, it wasn't as efficient as the special delivery Charizard, obviously, because it was tied to buying stuff exclusively from there, not just exclusive uh, collaboration items, but. They still sold, I'm sure. They had a huge spike, I would guarantee, in sales in the last week. Oh, yeah. Plus, you had their Halloween stuff that was just recently put up. I mean, I'm sure they had a huge spike in sales. It, it wasn't as efficient, but I'm sure it did a damn good job and clearing out a bunch of crap. Yeah, it's a nice way to clear out before the holidays. And every year now, I bet, I bet they're going to have something like this tied to it. Oh, yeah. Every, I mean, it makes sense from a business perspective, and you know what? The fan base, I mean, the, you know, the consumer base obviously loves it. Yeah, it's great that they can do a promo like this. Um, the biggest problem I see about this this whole thing, though, is on Pokemon's end. Yeah. Because people saw that video and were just like, oh, scalpers are ridiculous. And yeah, they are. And a lot But how of many them, of them were actually resellers, though? That's the thing. That's the thing, yeah. It's like a lot of those people, I'm sure, were just there, and they just wanted to get an item. Exactly. So you can't just bunch like, oh, they're all scalpers. If you were there and you were not a scalper and you just wanted one, like you would be in that video, you'd be like wrestling. Hold the line! Hold the line! (laughs) Refund the line! (laughs) You'd be in that pile wrestling just to get your one item. So it's sad. Even the people who just literally just want their one item, like you have to fight for it. And uh, I think Pokemon failed utterly at this point. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, it's like a lot of scalpers problems. But some of those people weren't scalpers. Some of those people were just visiting the museum. Some of those people probably walked in and didn't even know this was happening. Um, 
I have a family friend who's like over at Amsterdam and they could care less about Pokemon, <laughs> but yeah. it's like they're over there and I'm sure they could go if they wanted to. I'm sure it made national news over there. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's just I mean, insane. Like the biggest takeaway I see from this is like Pokemon's failure. Like I get that they had special every Charizard and even though it was botted to the ground and hardly anybody could get that, there was just so many of them that eventually it worked itself out. You could buy PSA 10 of that for like 50 bucks right now, I think. No, especially with Char- I just look, it's like 300, which is still honestly not Charizard? that. Yeah. No. Maybe it's just the so raw that, copies I'm thinking of then still. The raw, well, actually, there was one, well, well, somebody paid 300 for one, but yeah, they, they are, they're around two, 250, I guess. Okay. But yeah, maybe, but maybe it was just the raw ones I was looking at, but raw ones are still about fifty. So I mean, even for how much they printed, because but that's because of Charizard. Like you, you put, um, I don't know who's that. Uh, the, the, the <sighs> trying to think of a Pokemon that's not as popular, but is still well liked. I don't know. Gengar. Um, Gengar. Yeah, there you go. Gengar still would have been well desired, but the hype wouldn't have been as bad. They still done a lottery system. And I bet those cards be twenty bucks if it, if it were Gengar, but because it's Charizard, those cards are still forty, fifty bucks even sealed. Yeah, I mean it's a card that will incrementally go up in the tens. I think might do okay, but it's never going to go crazy prices ever. Yeah, and I think their confidence was boosted, and like a lot of people understood, like after special delivery Charizard, no matter what, if they could just print more. That was fine, but this was somehow like different because it was like you said, compared to the screen promos, it was compared to all these products. It had a unique entire product line, and it wasn't just a lottery where you could buy anything you wanted off the Pokemon Center. It was like you had to buy the special products in order to get one. So I think that's why it was kind of given that hype. And that's why it was more similar to Special Every Pikachu than it was Charizard. Um, how they didn't realize all this, though, is just a thing in itself. You know, if you're going to tie it to a product, no matter how many cards you print, like, it's not going to matter. You have to print, you have to make sure, like, the items are so well printed that everyone gets one. So I don't know why they tied it to items and not just, like, one per cart. Because they literally, if you bought a Van Gogh item, you got one promo. If you bought ten Van Gogh items, you got ten promos. So it is just so stupid how they have done this whole thing. And that's not even to mention, like, the lack of security there at the place. And, like, it wasn't established. I did hear that security came a little later and uh that they they cleared some things up but it's like how was that not foreseen apparently they changed the way you got the promo now which is even by the end of the first day um you didn't get the promo until you were leaving the museum so you got to turn in your paper when you were leaving and then they gave you a promo and it makes sense. Like, they just want people to get out. It's like, okay, you're here for the promo. Here you go, bye. So that it's nice that they did that. But it's just so sad. Like, I'm sure people got there and want to enjoy the museum. 
but they're in fear of there not being enough promos. So they're like, oh, okay, well, we got to rush through this and we got to go. Like, it's just sad that that just created a situation where people can't even enjoy the museum itself because in their head they're like, well, am I even going to get one if I take my time in here? Like, what's the situation? I'm sure there's people who have hotel rooms there in Amsterdam solely just to visit this museum every day and buy shit. So, I, I mean, know. I would totally, if I went there, I would totally buy a bunch of Van Gogh merch. If you saw the shop, honestly, they, they, they got some cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, it's not an authentic Van Gogh piece. I mean, most people can't afford that. But, like, to have, like, a canvas print of that, that's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, if you buy it from them directly, you're supporting the museum. Yeah. Is the way I see it. I just mean, like, there's probably people there solely purpose, like, to visit the museum every day of their seven-day yeah. stay just to load up on these promos and resell them. Yeah. So, I don't know. Pokemon did say that they're going to look at other ways to hand out the promos. They're going to create more, and it sounded like they're going to run additional promos on the Pokemon Center website in order to get it. Um, raw copies are already crashing down. So, yeah, as, as far as the release goes, it feels like Special Livery Pikachu is where you can basically get items for free. Um but in execution, it almost feels like Charizard because not only do you get a promo for buying an item, but you also had the same situation on the Pokemon Center. So I I think there's going to be more of these than special livery Charizard for sure. Because they saw how they're, they, they see it as their image taking a hit. Yeah. That's what they see it as too. And yes, it's, and you know, they feel shame, you know, that's, that's how it is. And they feel like they let down a bunch of their consumers. So they're obviously going to do it for making it right. And I agree. I could see them turn around, making it. This is how they are going to clear out their inventory though. This is how they're going to do it. They're going to reprint it and they're going to be 20 bucks or more. It's yours. No lottery system. Just everybody, if you order 20 bucks or more or 30 bucks or more, you can get it. It's going to clear out their whole inventory and it's going to go. It's going to, they're going to have it for the probably the, the duration of the event till the end of the year. It's, they're going to do a killing for in the fourth quarter this year. Oh, yeah. That's what they're probably going to do. They're going to reprint it. They're going to continue to have it at the Van Gogh exhibit. And you'll still get a bunch of people. Like if I were going to Amsterdam, I would, I would 100% want to make a, detour and go to that place even if it's it's only 20 bucks because you know why i would cherish that pokemon promo for the rest of my life because i got it at at the museum even though it's only worth 30 bucks and that's what's important about the hobby and yes there's money to be made in the hobby and i mentioned this before anytime there's money on the line and there's money to be made people will do it and you're going to see some greasy things oh yeah but there is still ways to enjoy even promos like this at an affordable rate like, yes, I haven't bought a whole bunch this year, for example, because I'm saving for grails. But what I have bought were like $30, $40 uh, singles once every few months. And I enjoyed the hobby, and that tied me over. You know, not everybody has that restraint. I, I understand that. But the point is you can enjoy the hobby, getting a lot of your, your cards for relatively cheap. 
even some of the best cards, like that Handicarp Shinji Kanda, I got that for like 45 bucks. That's one of the best cards released like the last two years, art-wise. Yeah, it's just a sad situation, and yeah, they really do just want everybody to just get as much as they can, and I think they'll do right with this. As far as more promos in the future, though, it's like, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever be seeing any more promotions like this. It's just going to be... I, I could see them doing it, but they'd be smarter about it. Give me a Da Vinci Pikachu, Nathan. Okay? <laughs> Give me, uh, I don't know, like, um, or a Mona Lisa Pikachu, or they'll probably do something creepy like a, um, I don't know, some humanoid creature but yeah i mean there's you can do this just be prepared with it like live and learn don't make the mistake next time if you continue to make the mistake next time that's the real issue yes this was disastrous but they've already been able to try to remedy it well learn from this next time look at how you dealt with the special delivery charizard combine those two examples and boom, you shouldn't have issues like this going forward again. Obviously, yeah. you can't you can't control people how they give into social media exposure and hype. You can't actually control that, but you can make people learn through experience what's going to happen. Yeah, they should have. They should have like known um, in ways that they could make it better. You know, I'm always a firm believer of well, if you're going to complain about it, like how would you do it? So I think I think this launch would have been perfectly fine if they did not tie these promos to the items themselves. Like it is one thing to have the promos, but if you're going to make it where people get a promo when they buy the item, you have to be prepared for that item. So I feel like printing the card is like no issue for them, right? They they found that out with special every Charizard, and I think that's why they got a little comfortable and thought that they were going to be just fine this time. But the card isn't the issue. It's the items. And you can have a limited run of items like you did this time. Just make sure you print enough of them. And if they sell out, they sell out. Nobody's going to be really super bummed out that they didn't get a promo card when the promo card isn't even tied to the item. Like the biggest problem that was with the items was that you had to buy the items to get the promo card. So that's why they sold out. I don't think it's an issue that they didn't have enough of the card. It was just literally an issue that they didn't have enough of the items. So that's where I think the big problem is this time around. So it is sad to see that that was a situation that they didn't plan yep. that out. But I think if the cards were not tied to the items, it would be much better. Or if they had a way to just give these items out without people having to buy something too. Because whatever you link it to, like like I said, the cards are not the problem. You can print cards pretty easy compared to like other things um i imagine it's a lot harder to make you know 
10,000 plushies compared to 10,000 cards, you know, it's, it just seems like it's much more difficult to actually do the whole other products. So if you're going to tie it to an item, you have to do the same with the items and it just doesn't make sense nowadays to do that because when you create a promo like this, you're essentially creating a unique item tied to the promo and then at the same time guaranteeing people can just get that item for free just by purchasing it because they could just turn around and sell whatever promo it is and get the money back. So works great for the consumers who are lucky enough to get them, but I feel like they just need a new way of doing things. Yeah, because I'm sure so Pokemon's brand is like bigger than ever before. And a part of this Van Gogh collaboration was to kind of not change reputation. Like I'm not talking about like the whole card and people acting like they're eight years old, but I'm talking about how people perceive Pokemon and its relation to both culture and society at this point. Cause it, they've, gotten to the point where they are have basically been spread just about everything. I mean, Pokemon with some of the millennial music has been mentioned multiple times, for example, like in actual songs. Yeah. And they that influence continues to persist in pop culture and amongst its fans. Now, trying to spread into a new area with Van Gogh, reach more people, people that might not have been exposed to Pokemon as much, say, people that don't really play games, families that don't play games, people that like art. It was a, it's a way to both normalize and expand Pokemon's reach. And I think that that idea is fantastic, and I think they should continue to expand on that idea. Now there's a few obvious ones you know you, you can do, but like the actual what can like what type of collaboration isn't really necessarily important, but it's expanding who is introduced to Pokemon. That is the important aspect. Yeah. And because of that, I, I look forward to see what Pokemon can do with this, even if it means no cards and just items for certain things. Because you don't necessarily need to have the cards also. It'd be great, but you, it's not necessary, I think, if you're ultimately trying to, if your main purpose is to expand the reach of Pokemon. Yeah. I I thought they were going to be done with promos like this already. But then, yeah, after this, it's just, man, they're going to gonna speed up that process. I think they're just really going to shine away from doing things now. I'm not even so sure of that. Like, I don't think that's going to, it's not in their nature to, or it's not even necessarily their best interest to, like, not continue doing collaborations and even doing cards. Yeah. There's, just learn from the experience. Just print more. literally just, yeah, throw up the promo as an item. Like, literally throw it up on the Pokemon Center for, like, ten bucks and one per address. Like, there, the deal's done. <laughs> you know, you're essentially making more money that way because instead of giving it out for free, you're charging $10 for it. That's and a people price will still... where people would be, oh, yeah, only 10 bucks. Like, absolutely. You know, that would be 
cheap enough for casual people to buy it if it's a cool promo. Cheap enough for people who do buy it. And if it were to sell out, people aren't going to resell that thing for like hundreds unless they're just really limited. But hopefully if you can limit that one per address, like that would be, that'd be good. You know, just try it out. Like anybody I feel like could have been told what they were going to do with this museum situation and they would have known that that was a bad idea. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just so confusing, like how they don't know or how we haven't figured this out yet. Well, in addition to what you said about potentially doing the card, you could also do it. Um, I actually haven't ordered from Pokemon in a while. Is it still 20 bucks for free shipping? What my point is, raise the free shipping to twenty five bucks. If the standard shipping for something like that would be five six bucks, most people would be like, "Oh, I'm just going to get one more thing just to get free shipping." Yeah. Most people are, are going to think like that, so you're still clear. And people, if they're already going to, if they're already there on shop, a good chance some people might still buy even more. So you still effectively do the a- actual clearing out of your inventory and people buying your items because the whole point is. The margins on those cards, I mean, how much do you think those cards like that probably cost to make? The actual cost, not like the spon- you know, the sponsorship or anything like that. Shoot, I don't even know. L- less than a dollar. Probably less than 50 cents or around 50 cents probably. I mean, less I mean, than that. I mean, if it's mass produced enough, yeah. They're, just doing think, the, they, they're doing mass produced probably. They're doing quantities by the sheet. Like it's probably how they're paying for it. <laughs> like how many sheets so it's yeah it's probably dollars yeah for like the sheets but so just you are getting people to buy that card and buy something else where the margins aren't quite as good but are probably still pretty solid and you're making overall with that average you're probably what gonna be making i don't know i just tried a number like say 70 percent margins overall between that and whatever item you, you actually buy yeah that's killer <laughs> instead of giving the yeah, instead of giving the promo out for free like yeah even at on $5. new stuff on new stuff like to get that much margins reselling like new stuff is pretty crazy yeah, even if you put it up for five bucks like people would praise you for only putting the promo up for five dollars because yeah, when they sell out, I mean, guaranteed there'll be at least 20, probably more. Well, then you're also going to have the people aren't going to want to buy it because it's not going to be as lucrative for them. It's not going to be worth the effort. Yeah. But you, there is a medium not to kill it. But, like, if you if your sole intention is to clear out the inventory and give a cool card for your fans, that's a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Don't care when it comes to the value of certain cards like that. That will change, you know, certain pro- – like, these exclusive promos, this is why – this is because they need to start mass producing these promos and they will make more of the Van Gogh card. He's all they did with special delivery Charizard, special de- 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 delivery Bidoof and that world's promo might be the like last ones that are going to actually have like any sort of value be- b- above like $75. Yeah. Maybe I know you had the stamp promos, but like, I think those will be more and more rare to come by. They might do Japanese exclusive items like that, but there's never there's never going to be a situation where it's 
world items like that ever again. Yeah, and even the Bidoof, like it was only popular and pricey because it was like unexpected. So like Charizard was expected and they did do a good job of just printing that. It's like the Charizard UPC. Like they obviously knew in those two situations, like, yeah, this stuff's going to happen. We just need to print as much as we can. And, you know, look at what happened. Those cards are great. You can pick them up for cheap. Um, Charizard UPC is a great product for the price. Just based off the packs, you can get that at MSRP still. So, yeah, just, just print more. And I feel like they did this time. They did print a lot of that Pikachu promo. But for every Pikachu promo you print, you're also going to have to make that many products because that's you tied it to the product. Like, that's where they went wrong. And on top of that, for whatever reason that just dumbfounded me, they put a promo with every single item you bought. So you're like, okay, well, limit one, right? No, like pretty much all the items were like limit 10. So you could, I'm pretty sure, buy 10 mugs, got 10 promos, 10 of the other item and get 10 more. Why they did that, I have no idea. It just makes me think that they had the demand or even exceeding the demand of special livery Charizard and cards, but it just goes to show that they were surprised by the items. And, uh, yeah, why they didn't think about that? Because, like, it doesn't matter how many promo cards you print at that time, you may have fixed that problem. It doesn't matter how many you print at that time because you're only giving them out if people buy the damn item. So, Well, I, I think they can still have it to where, like I know we talk about it, have it individually, but I still don't think that that'd be a nice idea. But I still think the best thing to do is tie it to the Pokemon Center as a whole. Anything above $20 at the Pokemon Center, just like they did special delivery Charizard. Don't tie it to the items. People, if it's hyped like that, they're still going to sell out. Yeah. And oh, so what? It takes three weeks to sell out instead of two hours? Whatever. Yeah, it's still Just incredible. Limit, limit one per address, too. Like, if you're like, that'll deter a lot of people. Yeah, you'll still have bots and stuff, but it's like, just do the simplest things. Like, ensure the most people who want the promo will get it, and then just go from there, you know? Well, this is where I feel like they don't fully understand their consumer base at times because they should know by now a, a hyped item like this or like event like this, especially with something as or someone who has is almost worse as Van Gogh. They should know all their collaborative items would sell out regardless. Their thinking is still in 2016 on some stuff. Yeah. And I, I think that is the issue that we're seeing that we're having within the TCG aspect of the hobby. Yeah, they need to get with the times for sure. Like just your fan base is absolutely rabid. They will buy anything with Pokemon on it. Okay. That has become clear. You should be aware of that. Add that with the hype and the notoriety of Van Gogh. There has should have been no worry about selling these items even if it takes 30 days to sell out, that's still incredible turnover, okay? That sells incredibly well. Getting all of your money on these items within 30 days? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. 
Yep, it's just wild. I don't know what they're going to do in the future. I don't know if I'll even pick up this promo. That's another thing that could be said. Like, I'm going to be keeping an eye out for potential plays of grading. You know, it's going to be one of those cards that that's going to be worthwhile to make a grading play, um, especially yeah. if it's an easy 10. So I will I mean, keep an eye out for that, but if you don't, if you don't have card in hand right now, already sent out to PSA, you're you're already too late. That's yeah, kind of the way. There will still be plays for sure. Like I mean, they're a hundred bucks comes, right now, bro. Even if it comes down to like forty bucks, like if it's an easy ten, tens would go for like even eighty to one hundred. I mean, there's still going to be plays. It's just like the Unagaba. You got to buy more. Pure quantities, but you'll have to get your money by then. Yeah, so, I don't know. This a situation like this. This is a card where, yeah, if you have enough capital, but if you're talking about just buying a handful, like you, you'd have to buy like a thousand dollars worth. I feel like, well, five hundred dollars worth, and you're doubling your money, right? Or and not quite that. You maybe maybe might be making like two three hundred bucks, but still. Mm-hmm. After taxes and fees, but that's still a play if you have like a business for it. Yeah, it's crazy. I just feel it is kind of a, a loss for the scalpers this time around. So even even how crazy the situation is, it's just so hilarious to me. Like the people who spent time to like fly there and be at the event and <laughs> for then, that reason, and then sell the them online like immediately, like. It it is a pretty cool situation that Pokemon came out and announced that that they will have more available, and which honestly, in that in that sense alone, that's very historic for Pokemon to do that. Like they hardly, if they've ever done it before, have announced something like that. So that was props to them, and for them to do it so early, it just ensured that they wanted to screw over the scalpers because. Pokemon Center is really good. Like their distribution is insane. If you have a if you order a Pokemon item, it's like three days and that thing shows up for most things. So it's it's funny to me that just to think like the scalpers who are actually over there overseas and like selling their cards online, unless they really pay up for shipping, like people who were in the United States and bought stuff off the Pokemon Center are probably gonna get their cards like well before people who are actually there are sending them out. So it's just really hilarious to me that, you know, people went there just for the sole purpose of scalping and they probably can't even ship the cards and get them in the customer's hands before Pokemon Center will. So it's just a funny situation, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. (laughs) Well, actually, so I... I'm looking at it now because I was curious because I, I forgot we forgot to mention the troll post on eBay. Um, but I forgot to change this setting, the settings on eBay from sold. And we made fun of that guy that bought one for 800 bucks. Well, I apologize to that guy because there is somebody that supposedly, if this is a legit sale, there's one that sold in an auction at 1700 around 1200 a little under 1200 under 900 <laughs> And wow, my God. <laughs> I just crazy. I don't know if that was a legit sale. Like we've seen that before, like troll bids. We've totally seen that and they don't actually pay. Because they like which one was it? it was um 
Oh yeah, the uh, McDonald's Pikachu PSA ten that you remember when it, there was a sale of like fifteen thousand dollars or like it said that on eBay. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but one but one thing McDonald's promos those new ones were going for so much and now you can buy those in a tin for like 30 40 bucks probably less than that CGC tins for like 20 to 30 <laughs> so i'm looking through <laughs> looking through some of the troll posts that came from this this is this is also one of the privileges i think to, to live in t- today's time and we have even on eBay, we have satire that has been created. I'm sure this has happened with other hobbies, but how many hobbies do you have where they have listings for ridiculous prices, and they got some great satire that goes along with these with these listings? If you go to the highest listings with the Pikachu with the Grayfell hat, the Van Gogh promo, sort by highest pricing plus shipping. Wow, there are some good ones. Uh, I didn't even see this one um, until just now. But it's Pokemon Pikachu Van Gogh autographed. We resurrected our boy auto PSA. And it's got Vincent (laughs) in print. (laughs) Vincent auto. (laughs) Resurrected the boy, yeah. And then you have the one that's been posted for a while. uh, Pokemon Subhuman Edition. Trampled multiple children Van Gogh. (laughs) With the South Park and the little uh, Starry Night felt hat, the South Park nerd from World of Warcraft, or Make Love, not Warcraft. Yeah, that's great, <laughs> especially after the the classic collection that released for four hundred dollars last week or the week before, and then now this. Like, I feel like we're now entering the realm where people are able to uh, realize the craziness and make fun of all these situations and for the fact that they're even making their way up on ebay is just hilarious now it's just going to be a thing going forward now this this well, is the product that started it all yeah i mean it is it's going to become the norm and and then you're kind of looking at some of these other like there's one guy this is from the uk like i'm sure it's not that far of a travel to, to i mean it really isn't to uh amsterdam but this guy has 10 of the promos up for 13 or 1200 bucks 1300 if you include shipping yeah like how the hell does he have that much it's the only thing that makes sense is i, I guess the pre-order right like he bought it Let's a lot, see of, a lot of people were there at the museum like buying but they were only supposed to get copies. one though so the only thing that makes sense is that they were getting more than one at a time for the first few people that were there like for, it was supposed for the yeah for the first I did hear at the museum that people were getting multiple copies, and then they quickly changed it to one per person. So there were people that was trying to be nice with the first few enthusiasts. Yeah, they're like because it, it said in in the writing like in the in the original newsletter that it was going to like on the Van Gogh site one per person. It was very clear. So it, my guess was it was a, maybe a couple dozen that probably got maybe, I mean, more than two. I'll just say it like that. And I feel like the way it sounds, there was people there at the museum, like buying people's promos right there on the spot. A lot of them were buying them. I heard this group of guys were buying promos for 200 a piece, 200 lira a piece. So whatever I bet they're feeling it now. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure there's people there asking, like, 
old people who didn't care about Pokemon, like, hey, can I have your brochure? You know, that's an extra promo if they fill out the brochure. So I just imagine there's just so much, like, sleaziness going on inside that museum. Well, I mean, you know, it's become the norm now for world tournaments, and it's getting heavy now with the world tournament promos. Like, first place, second place, all that. I mean, we've seen some people, like, out, they had a bounty on it. Like, I will up, I will go higher than anybody. Yeah. You know, and but there's also people there, and we know there's at least one person as well that we know of, at least, like, at Nationals. And he went, we went, he went to Japan as well. There's, like, big vendors are going out there. Like, a lot of people are m- making the plays because the sheer margins on these cards. It's a, it's a one-of-one, essentially. And... I mean, you buy it for thirty thousand, fifty thousand, even mm-hmm. make ten thousand dollar profit on it when, when you finally sell it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a lot of money. I mean, that, that that that's just being conservative, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's just being conservative. You're talking upwards of like thirty, forty thousand, even you could potentially make on it. Yep, it's wild. So I'm sure a lot of people made the trip just to do that, exactly that. So, but there's, but there's a, probably because of the amount of money and the amount of people that can actually afford that. There's a probably I would think a higher sense of professionalism expected. You would think, right? Because, but that, people have been doing that now for a long for a long time now. Like it's become the norm, even I would say. And but it's not so much the fact that it's happening. I think it's now potentially how many people are actually trying to do it. Like, if there's 50 people trying to get on one card, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying it's that much, but, I mean, it can be quite a bit. And for a lot I mean, of people... it doesn't I'm, take those people to really do this either, because, like, they see the dollar signs at the end of the road, so just throw it on the credit card, get there, scalp as much as you can, you know. It's just doesn't yeah. necessarily, not necessarily a money thing, but... But anyway, that is the craziness, and uh, yeah, they just got to figure it out. They got to do something better. Yeah. But I guess for I that have, topic, though, yeah. that's pretty much about all I had to say. Uh, yeah. Do you have any I had one qu- questions? Yep, I had one question. Um, so part of this, we, we probably have seen it. Um, I don't know the legitimacy, but... There was a post floating around around the end of August around somebody supposedly selling some uh, Team Rocket booster boxes, first edition. Um, first edition or non-first edition, whichever, sealed. That were sold for like 30 bucks a pop at a garage sale. Now, I don't know the legitimacy of this, though. We know that back in the day, pre-2016, maybe even pre-2020, you could encounter something like this. Maybe not even necessarily uh, the uh, booster box, but it could have been a bunch of sealed stuff. It could have been somebody's binder collection with a bunch of first editions, all this sort of stuff to where it was severely underpriced, even some small store, small scale vendors. So my question is to you, if you, what would you do if you stumbled upon a rare Pokemon card that was in good condition or even a bunch of rare Pokemon cards, like a bunch of gold stars? They were just kind of like, you know, they look kind of good, but maybe not PSA 10 or a steel booster box at a garage sale or small shop. What would you do? In relation to like if I would tell them about it or not? Or... Yeah. 
Uh, it depends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's. I agree. I absolutely agree with you. In a way, a lot of people selling stuff at garage sales are, you know, just clearing out space. So, like, mm-hmm. if they don't put the time and effort to see what their stuff is worth, then, you know, that's on them for the most part. If it is, if I go there in the garage sale and it's like a little granny who's like, and their place isn't that nice and they're struggling or something like that, then, you know, I'd probably be much more likely to say, hey, like this is worth a lot. Or I would just buy it and then when I sold yep. it, like come back to them like, hey, I I bought a box at your yard sale, wanted to help you out a little bit. Um. I'd be much more likely to do it then than if I went to like some suburb and some mom whose kid moved out and she didn't care. Like the most materialistic person you can imagine. Yeah. I probably wouldn't care. (laughs) But if it was like a little granny or like, you know, someone who was like selling to, you know, Hey, I need the money. I'm having a yard sale rather than like, Oh, I'm just throwing away whatever I can. You know, if if I could tell it was like that type of situation, then yeah, I'd I'd absolutely probably would like take it, sell it, probably come back and visit them or let them know, like, or ask them about it. Like, do you know much about this box? And you see what they say. If they say, oh, it was just my son's, he moved out. I just wanted to get rid of it. You know, I kind of gauge like their situation the best I can and just say well hey it's like it's worth a lot you know i'm I'm probably gonna sell this and i'd I'd go half and half with you you know just because you know i want to help you out or you know if it was the other situation where it was someone just wanting to clear out space like i said who just doing well no matter what like might be a different situation there yeah i would probably i'd have to feel the situation out I think that's a pretty good response, though, to be honest. Um, if I came across that in this day and age, I wouldn't even think it was legit. I would buy it for for shits and gig to kind of see if it was real. And, yeah, I would do the same thing as you. I wouldn't say anything when I would buy it, but if it was somebody that was struggling, I would come back later. Because it could create an issue if I say something up right then and there in regards to a questionable price. Because ultimately, if you are selling stuff at a garage sale, this is how I think. Like I, like I buy and sell used goods every day. And one of the things, if if you come in and you have like we try to give a fair price, but if you were to come in and know nothing about it, I'm just going to give you an offer and see if you re- re- rebuttal. And if you don't, well, I just got a heck of a deal. That's not my fault that you don't know anything about that. Like, it's not going to be a situation where, like, oh, somebody would try to sell me, like, you know, diamond ring, you know, $50,000, like, and I, I would be like, hey, this is what's worth, and just give me 100 bucks. No, I, I wouldn't do anything like that. But if you if you have things for sale and you didn't put in the knowledge, first, I'm going to think it's it's probably fake, but I'm going to buy it anyways. And if it's somebody that was generally shrugging, struggling, I would communicate with the person after I bought it. But still have the product, like I would buy it, put it in the car, maybe even come back and like buy other stuff or something like that. Try to get more or like get the address down, 
get something down to where if it is legit, I will do what I can to give a little bit of the money. Yeah. Like, like, but you're going to get basically a finder's fee equivalent because I hit all the work. You're going to get like 25% is what is what I would probably do. Yeah. Still a heck of a lot more. And I didn't even have to do that. Now that's where, but here's the thing. That's, this is also where it could get tricky. If, if he did that, because then somebody might feel like they're entitled to more all of a sudden. Yeah. That's where it gets tricky to come back. I would like leave a, a letter or just like, yeah, be something there. inside their their mailbox and cash. Well, either that or like on the door, or like limit the interaction as much as you can. Like, hey, just wanted to help you out, and you know, you Thanks don't want to make it like I don't know personal in a way. It'd be nice if they were a cool person, but yeah, you never know what you're gonna get. Because if I mean they obviously they probably wouldn't have enough for a lawyer, but you could in this day and age you can get some you can get somebody to go crazy off you if they feel like because then they might be like well what was it I don't remember and then what I you would probably just say kind of embellish it say if you give them twenty five percent say you you gave them forty yeah you 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 know what I mean they don't need to know mm-hmm. they're they're getting it's more than they would have gotten otherwise. Yeah. It's kind of like if you leave something at a park and you find it someplace else, but it's in somebody else's possession. You feel, but you left, you stopped looking for it and you left. I feel like you lose authority or like ownership and possession of that item, unless it's like your wallet or something like that mm-hmm. once you leave. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, yeah, that's why it'd be mostly a gut gut feeling for me. Yeah. Just well, it would. I would say the best I can. And also, I would never. I want to be like one of the situations where I saw at the New York Go Fest. There was a somebody's merch. Now the merch at this at the Go Fest line was ridiculous, like a hundred people long, probably more. And there was a little area, a grass area, like next to a stump. Somebody left their stuff there, and I was looking at it for like three minutes because I was curious. I was not going to take it because it's not my stuff. May hopefully somebody comes back. Three minutes. This guy walks up. He sees it. He looks around, he looks in it, looks around again, thinks about it, then just starts walking with it. Yeah. Like, that's something I wouldn't do. Yep. It's just just a weird situation. Those situations, it's kind of like... you know, Pokey Flips always jokes about returning your carts and seeing how good of a human you are based on what you do with your shopping cart. It's kind of mm-hmm. uh, same situation. It's true. I mean, I do it. Like, I judge people. Like, every, every time I go to the grocery store, I don't care how cold it is. I don't care if it's raining. I'm putting that cart back. And you see people that don't, like, and you park next to some jackass that put their cart in the middle of two uh, two parking spots. Yeah. And you're just like, really? How lazy can you be? All right. Well, we better wrap her up there. Yeah. I'm going to have to get going, but uh yeah, good little topic there. Excited to get those PSA orders back and uh we'll have to see what we talk about next time. Yeah, hopefully by next episode that that can be what we talk about. So All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. Peace out. <laughs>